start this series today. Did anyone not get a gifted book when they came in? You're going to need this this morning and during the week and for the next six weeks. And a pen. If you didn't bring a pen, this is the only week we're sponsoring pens. <laughs> okay. If you're a visitor, you're welcome to have a pen. Uh, but please bring your own pens next week. Uh, we don't want to keep collecting them and giving them back out because it's obviously not ideal for COVID. Everyone got a gifted book. Awesome. Cool. Fantastic. All right. So let me give you a, um, a high-level overview of this series. There are six Sunday messages today and the next five Sundays. There are, starting tomorrow, six weeks of devotions. And I'll show you where that is in a moment in the booklet, um, starting Monday morning. And then on top of that, we have six midweek sessions in our life groups, as Candace said. Starting this week, there's a short video that goes along each week and a discussion and something that happens in the notebook. So we're hitting this topic of gifted. How has God wired us and designed us from three different aspects, a corporate level, the Sunday meeting, an individual level, devotions during the week, and on a community level in our life groups. So if you open this uh, first page, it says intro. The second page says day zero. You turn it over, you should be on this page. On your left is blank lines. That's where you can take today's notes for the Sunday service. The page right next to it at the very top says week one. It's got some writing and some missing words. That's for life group this week. Don't jump the gun, you very clever people who like to excel at school. Don't jump the gun and fill those out. That's for Tuesday night or Wednesday night. During the midweek, the life groups, we have two life groups meeting on Zoom, one on Tuesday night and one on Wednesday night. Other groups we have are meeting in person. There's a Tuesday night in Modifontein. There's a Wednesday night in Eden Glen. There's a Wednesday night in Orange Grove and a Wednesday night here at church, meeting at church. So let's turn a bit further in the book. You'll see the first few pages are kind of like a yellow tint. Uh, and then there's a nice cool picture of a car driving on a road. The page over from that, it's printed on white. And uh, the very top says one and two. That's day one of the devotions. Monday morning or Monday evening, if you prefer, you do day one. Tuesday is two. Wednesday is? Okay, you can count. Good. All right. So there's none for next Sunday. So there's six devotions in a week. Sunday, join us at church. Uh, for the second part of the six-part series. So there's 36 devotions covering six weeks and getting deeper on all of these different topics. Okay, so uh, I occasionally attempt to do some DIY, all right? I'm not very good. My parents are here from KZN. My dad is like the DIY master. He can like do just about anything, right? But I've got much less skills. Genetically, I must have got something else from my mother, I think. But that's okay, I'm, I'm secure, I'm over it. But my dad bought me some tools, I think, for my bachelor's party or for the wedding, I'm not sure when, knowing that they, I would need them. So I've got a, a hammer, looks like that. I've got a few other ones. Um, some pliers. You can see they're dirty because they've been well used or badly used maybe. There's a little uh, adjustable wrench. This is a little uh, multi-tool undoes bolts and things, right? This is for my skateboard. That's really handy. And this is a measuring tape. 
Now, because I'm not very good at DIY, I can't really claim that I have a workshop. I would love to have a big workshop with lots of stuff, but I literally just have a small tool shed in the bottom of the garden, top of the garden. But these are the tools that were fortunate enough to make it uh, out here this morning. Now, imagine one night after we've gone to bed, the tools have a discussion. They come to life. Like if you have kids, you've watched Toy Story. This is now Tool Shed Story, all right? Imagine they have a discussion one night while I'm sleeping, and they have this argument about which one is the best tool, which one is the most important tool. Can you picture that? So obviously, the hammer is going to start it off. You know, strong, A-type personality. Any bashing that needs to be done, Glennon picks me up, and he hits the hammer, hits the nail in. Sometimes he hits his thumb. That's not so fun. The players will probably counter and say, well, yeah, it's fine if you've got a hard head, you can hit stuff, right? But Mr. Hammer, you've got no finesse. Glennon wants to hold something tight or needs some grip. He reaches for me. This adjustable uh, wrench will probably say, well, I'm almost a multi-tool. I can like do a whole bunch of stuff at once. That's for the camera. Awesome. No worries. No worries. Whenever he's in a bind, he needs to undo something. He doesn't know what the size is. He just takes me because, like, I can, I can be any size. And the uh, skateboard multi-tool says, well, whenever he's at the skate park with his kids and the trucks need adjusting or the bearings need tightening or something, well, I'm the go-to kind of tool. The measuring tape, probably just sitting there listening to everyone, knowing that he's not really on the front lines of doing anything useful, right? Uh, and he probably just says, you know what? Actually, Glendon uses me the most because he's so bad at DIY. He's got to keep measuring and remeasuring and remeasuring. So I'm the most important one. That's probably what the discussion would go. And then it would probably go on again. What would be the solution to that argument? How would it be diffused? Well, actually, all of them have a different design because they all have a different purpose, a very specific, a very unique purpose. And it's not so much about which is the most important tool in the tool shed, but about what is needed for getting the job done. Not who's the most important, but what is needed for that particular job, because they've all been designed very differently. You can't take a hammer and try and measure something precisely. You can't take a screwdriver and try and hit in a nail. I've tried. Trust me, you can't do it. I've even tried rocks and bricks and other things. It doesn't work. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. This is the text we're going to use for today and for our series. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 8. Paul writes these words. He says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God's distributed to each of you. So don't think of yourself as the most important tool in the shed, Paul says. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many, we form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. You could say different abilities, different talents, different superpowers. 
according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So I've got four kind of big points this morning. You can write these down as they come up. Number one, I am unique. My mom told me this a lot. You are special, Glendon. As only a mom can. <laughs> I am unique. Just like the hammer, whatever other tool you can think of, a saw, a pair of pliers, measuring tape, just as each of those is specifically designed and unique and different, so you and I have been designed by God and are different from every other person. We're wired uniquely. Paul says we have different gifts we don't have the same gifts. We have different gifts, he says, according to the grace given us. So this creator God, he expresses his genius by making every one of us different. Imagine the whole world was full of clones. We all look the same. We'd never be able to say, oh, my kids look better than your kids because they look the same. You could never say that. But God expressing his incredible creativity and his infinite abilities makes billions of people all different, unique from each other. And Paul gives a list of seven gifts. We'll get to them in the moment. And I'm pretty sure that's not an exhaustive list. Other parts of the New Testament give other gifts. The gift of shopping is not in here. Some of the ladies are like, Paul's like, missed one, you know? <laughs> These are often called the grace gifts or the motivational gifts, and it's Paul's way of describing how God has wired us. Those things that come naturally, our natural abilities and um, talents, if you like. Now, let's imagine we could give each of those seven gifts a different color, and we could kind of make each one a, a rectangle and if I'm very gifted in one, very strong in the one gift, that could be a big rectangle representing how um, good I am at doing that thing. So put up the first slide with the colored blocks. Blue, brown, green, vomit color, red, pink, yellow. It looks different on the computer. But you can see there's seven different colors and different order there. Um, and the thickness is different, representing my set of gifts, just obviously limiting it to these seven for now. Candace, my wife, is, is wired very differently to me. So if we had to put up the next slide and compare her gift mix to mine, this is the same seven colors, also in rectangles, but the order is different, and the size of the different rectangles, if you like, is different compared mine to hers. If you look at those two sets of blocks quickly, you'll say, well, they, they're different. But it's the same colors. They're all in rectangular kind of shape. But we wire differently. And I think that's what Paul's trying to say here. Even though there's maybe seven or 700 gifts, I don't know. One commentator said, there's probably as many gifts as there are believers because everyone is different. That was the one commentator I read on this verse. 
But Paul's saying every person is unique. The array, the mix, the diversity, the order, the strength or the lack of strength in each of those gifts is different from me to you to someone else. And when we're all expressing them together, it's like an amazing testimony to God, honors Him as this diversity expresses and reflects these gifts. It's a thing of incredible beauty in God's eyes. And we're calling these gifts supernatural superpowers because they're given by God divinely. They might look very natural to you. Well, it's very easy to do X and Y. I see someone sad, I go and encourage them. That's just natural for me. Actually, for some people, that's very unnatural (laughs) or supernatural maybe. But actually, God says these are divine gifts. I've put them inside you. And so that's the, the word we're using, these superpowers. They're given by God, and they make each of us unique. Point number two, I am connected. I am connected. Paul says in Romans 12, 5, So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Going back to my tool shed and its limited tools and their limited use in in my world, the hammer is no use in isolation, okay? He can't go off on his own mission to his own building site and try and do his own thing. Have you ever pictured a building site? Maybe they're building a house or doing an extension on a property, and there's 15 workmen there, but all they have is hammers. Can you imagine them trying to build something that's actually going to work and actually going to look good? The hammer's got amazing qualities, very specific ones, um, but it can't do everything. It can't measure. It can't cut, etc. It's the full array of tools, every tool in the shed, each doing their part that contributes to getting any particular job done properly. And I'm sure those of you who do DIY will know that's very, very true. We would say to any one of these tools, like the measuring tape, don't isolate yourself. Just because you're never on the front line, I mean, the measuring tape never actually does anything. It doesn't cut a piece of wood. It doesn't hammer in a nail. Like, it's just there in the background. Sometimes you and I can be like the measuring tape. I never seem to be in the action. Everyone else seems to be doing X and Y. They get the cool gifts. But all I am is like going back and forward. It's possible, friends, for us to get discouraged, to isolate ourselves, and end up walking off the building site because we don't think we can contribute. But have you ever tried to do something without measuring? (laughs) It just doesn't work properly. You get the wrong angles, you get the wrong sides, you cut it too big, too small. It's a mess. I feel like there might be some people today, God is saying, don't isolate yourself. Just because you might think, I don't have, all of my little blocks are very small. Don't isolate yourself. All of us, Paul says, belong to each other. We need each other to get the job done. It's not about parading how amazing I am, whatever your gifts are. It's about all of us doing what God's called us to do together to get the job done, quote unquote. We're able to display God's glory to the world as we use His gifts 
that He's put in us, as we build each other up, as we're interconnected, it actually honors Him and brings Him glory. As we walk out in fulfillment how He's made us. One way to put it is like this. I am uniquely gifted so that others can be divinely lifted. You and I are uniquely gifted so that others can be divinely lifted. In other words, my gifts are not for me only. That's why Paul says you belong to each other. You can't isolate yourself. You can't do your faith independently of other believers. You need each other. Because you can do a few things well, but the majority of stuff in your faith you can't do well. When I exercise my gifts, when I bring what God's put in me into the local church, into the tool shed, when I take the giftings God's divinely placed in me and I take them into the world, others are lifted as His grace flows through me into them, through your life and through my life. Small little example, this Sunday service, the worship team and all that needed to go into the prep for today just so that you guys could sit here and worship and hear God's word is amazing. They were here at 7 a.m. How many of us were even awake at 7 a.m.? Not even that. They were here on Thursday night for at least two hours practicing. And before that, years of training on their instruments, working on stuff. Jermaine is on sound. Ainsley's on sound. The Subramoni, not twins. <laughs> the same mask, but they're not twins. They're on projection, so you can see the words in the pictures. People on check-in, people who brought the books this morning, etc., etc. A whole bunch of stuff went into today, the body doing its different gifts well, so that we could be blessed and worship God and come together this morning. Beyond this church, the church that put this material together, City Hill Church down in Durban, thank God they did this series last year and said, hey guys, this works. Any other church, be blessed, you can use it. Thank God for them, for the guy who wrote the devotions, Terran William in, in Cape Town. Many people making this thing happen. We belong to each other, Paul says, we need each other. There's not one person in the planet that can claim to have all the gifts, or to even to have enough of them just to get by for every situation. No matter how amazing you or they think they are, no one has them all. There's no human on the planet that fits that kind of bill. And like a body, we've been precisely designed by God. And I cannot say precisely placed as well. Because one of our eyes is not on the top of the head and the other one not under the armpit. Like the body parts have been well placed, am I right? <laughs> the eye can't hear. The nose can't hold a pen and write. Your stomach can't take you places by walking. We don't, all of us don't have all the gifts. So Paul says, you're connected, you belong to each other. Stay in community. These gifts are worked out in community. We need each other. Number three, I must grow. I must grow. Part of God's plan is to help me grow. And the reason we've done the series is because we want to grow in our understanding of our own gifts and our understanding of each other and how they play together so that our faith in God can grow 
And when I learn about myself, that word that Kenneth shared, realize what and who God has made you already. When I grow in that thing, it honors God, exercising my gifting, fulfilling my purpose of how God's made me. You might be possibly sitting here this morning and kind of like with your arms folded. Well, I've read that scripture a hundred times. I know all those gifts. I can do them all. I've done courses like this. It's possible for us to sit here thinking, well, I've got nothing to learn. Friends, that, that attitude is dangerous in our faith, thinking we know it all. Actually, we're all on a journey growing together. No matter how many years or decades you've served God, God always has something more for us to grow in. Paul lists the seven gifts that we are to grow in. And he lists them not in any particular order. There's no, just because the one is at the top of the list doesn't mean it's more important. It's just a list. He says prophecy, service. And that word for service is probably the, it's the same word translated deacon. So deacons probably need this gift, service. Teaching, encouraging, generosity, leadership, mercy. And in this week's video in Life Group, we're going to kind of give a definition for each of those gifts. And over the next five weeks of the sermons and the Life Group, we're going to take a deep dive into each one of them, learn what are they, how do they work out, and how can I grow in them? All of us, this is something you should write down, all of us, should be functioning in all seven of them, okay? Just different kind of weightings, different order, which one is stronger, etc. But there shouldn't be the, oh, Nalen, he's the encouraging one. I don't really like people. <laughs> I'm happy to be generous from a distance, but, you know, mercy and getting in people's messes and their complicated lives, that's not for me. You guys do that, I will do the other stuff. That's not what Paul's saying here. Actually, we all have gifts, and God calls us all at some point to exercise all of them. Otherwise, we become lopsided, imbalanced, and can end up going off on a tangent. If you turn in these gifted uh, workbooks, the cover, then the first page over, it says day zero on the left-hand side. Day zero. There's some very small writing there. It says, step one, discover your spiritual gifts. There's a little website link there, cityhillchurch.coza forward slash gifted. Go there this afternoon, this evening, or before life group during the week. There's a 42-question survey. It doesn't take long to do, but it is 42 questions, where if you can answer those as honestly as you can, it will give out at the end a result of the order of your gifts that you're most strongest in and kind of a, an idea of the weighting. So go and do that. First step is discover how has God wired you. So go and do that this afternoon or this evening. Screenshot that page or write them down. I think there's a place to write down three of them, but write down all seven. Write down the little number that gives you the weighting because that'll be good and helpful for the discussion this week in Life Group. Number four, the last point this morning, I must act. This series is not about getting more information and growing how much we know and can quote and can talk about. The aim of the series is about putting these things into action because they're all verbs, they're all action 
kind of gifts. We're familiar with the Nike slogan. You can put it up on the screen behind me. Just do it. You can look at that tick or look at that slogan and know that's all about Nike. I think the guy who founded the company was it Philip Knight. Philip Knight. An amazing story of how it all worked out. But that's what Paul is saying. This powerful scripture and Nike's powerful statement, if you like. Go and figure out how, how God's made you. Go and figure out your wiring, what you do best, what you're strong at. You might find some surprises. But once you've figured it out, go and put it into practice. Go and do it. We, we learn about them so we can act, so we can use them. Because they're no good sitting on a shelf. If God's given you a whole toolbox full of tools, why would he let you put it on the shelf? And look at it, just open it and look at it once a year when you read that scripture in Romans 12. I don't know. Paul says God's given you gifts to use. All around, we're walking around a building site of people, God building into people's lives. You might be a strong hammer or a strong measuring tape. God's going to bump you into others who need that gift. Don't let them sit on the shelf. Don't let them become facts and knowledge in your head. Paul says, just do it. Get them going, use them, put them into practice, learn about them, strengthen them, fan them into flame. So as we doing this series, our hope is that all of us are going to learn together on this six-week journey. We're going to discover some things. We're going to need some courage and some humility to start using these gifts. I didn't know I was a leader. <gasps> My word, what do I do next? going to need courage and humility to walk some of these things out. And Paul says, just do it. If you read that, that, uh, those scriptures, every one of the gifts he lists with an action. If your gift is prophecy, then prophesy. Not if your gift is prophecy, go home and listen to music. No, if your gift is prophecy, use it. Prophesy. If it is mercy, do it cheerfully. If it's encouragement, do it. Do it. I don't know what it says for encouragement. If it's leadership, do it diligently. If it's giving, do it generously. Paul says, just do it. Make a start. And as we all make a start, as we're learning these things, the entire church, the body, is going to be built up because these gifts are not just for me. They're for me to use for others, to divinely lift other people. God is glorified as the body grows. So to recap the points, I am unique. Number two, I am connected. Number three, I must grow. And number four, I must act. And we're trusting that you're going to come on this six-week journey with us. If you haven't yet joined a life group, just do it. <laughs> just do it. What we'll do right at the end of the service, I'm going to ask all of those who are leading life groups or gifted groups, just to stand and we'll point them out at the different sides of the building. And if you're not in a life group or you haven't yet signed up for one, then at the end of the service, you can go to where they are and meet them. You might not have met them yet. Change numbers, get the address, what time on Wednesday night, send me the Zoom link. You can connect with them at the end of the meeting so that for this week coming, there's no excuse to join and to grow in your faith. And the final thing I want to say, just as we're ending, let me take, uh, let me take this one. 
adjustable wrench. If you really had to analyze any particular job, or even on a whole building site, the tasks that need to be done by the different tools, you can marvel at how important each of the tools are and how they've been precisely designed, because a badly designed tool and a badly manufactured tool doesn't work properly. Have you ever tried to cut a tree down with a blunt saw? No, because you can't, right? It's, it's, a, it's difficult. You can marvel at how important and how well they're designed, but what's more important is the person in whose hand this thing is being used, because that's where the real skill lies. I'd like to leave us with this picture this morning that you and I, like precision tools, have been designed by God. We've been made by God. And we want Him to be holding us in His hand. My life and your life have been held in the hand of God as He's gifted us, as He's designed us. The reason that you and I are still alive today, the reason why we can even be here this morning and go on this six-week journey is because God has taken hold of our lives and He wants to keep holding on. You might not even realize God's holding on to you right now. You might not yet have faith in God, but you might realize as you look around, actually from the day of your birth till now, God has been there in some form, holding you tight. I'd like to finish this morning by celebrating God has got me and God has got you in His hands. He's designed us for His purpose. He wants to use us for His glory. And if you don't yet have a relationship with God, I'm gonna pray in a moment. You can pray a prayer that puts your faith in God. Say, God, I didn't even realize you had made me, you had gifted me this way. Didn't even know that you were, your hand was on my life. Today you can pray, put your faith in Jesus and become one of his children. Can we close our eyes and bow our heads? Father, this morning I pray that these really simple truths, these really simple pictures of DIY tools would just sink into our hearts and minds, so visual. And in the same sense, Lord, we'd understand a bit more of how you've gifted us, how you've wired us, our inherent abilities that we just thought we got from mom and dad, or that we just do these things naturally. Actually, Lord, you've given us, you have given us gifts by your grace. Help us to understand that, Lord, everything that we're able to do comes from you ultimately. And that we should learn about them, grow about them, and put them into practice. And Father, this morning I pray, if anyone is here that doesn't yet have faith in you, this morning, Lord, they'd reach out and put their faith in you. I'm going to say a short prayer, and if you'd like to do that this morning, you can echo this prayer in your heart. And it's not the prayer that's special or the prayer that saves you. It's your faith in God, saying, God, Forgive me for my sins. I'm sorry I've done things my way. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross, to take away my sins, to cleanse me, and to give me a hope and a future that is glorious and eternal. This morning, Father, I, I put my faith in you. I receive this gift of salvation, of eternal life. Would you make me your child? Would you make me born again? In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um, our kids are doing the same series as Candace said earlier, so feel free to quiz them and watch out as they start to use their own superpowers. Um, those who are leading gifted groups, can I ask you guys to stand? So, Terry and Laney, you guys want to come and stand here by the cross? Struan, could you go and stand uh, at the, no, you're not leading a group, sorry, <laughs> my bad. Vasen, Vasen leads a group, sorry, these guys are like twins. <laughs> no, they're not. But yeah, Vasen at the back, sorry, Terry and Laney are leading a Zoom group on a Wednesday night. Vasen and Pet are leading a Zoom group on Tuesday and the group that meets in church on a Wednesday night. Please go and chat to them afterwards. Ursula is at the back on the check-in. She's leading a group on a Wednesday in person in Orange Grove. If you're out that side or you have friends out there, it might be closer for you to come here, but bring your friends there if they're closer because you want them to come along. And then Candice and I lead a group on Tuesday in Modderfontein and in Eden Glen on a Wednesday night. Struan can stand for that because he's in our group. So come and chat to us here in the front. Um, I can anything else. Right. If you're visiting with us for the first time today, thank you so much for joining us. We really are grateful. Inside your little black notebook, there should have been a Connect card. If you wouldn't mind filling out your details. If for some reason there's not one, please, if you wouldn't mind just putting your cell phone number next to your name where you signed in. We'd love to just get hold of you and say, hey, thanks for coming out. Thanks for visiting. Uh, just want to connect with you during the week if that's right. So, amen. Looking forward to the next six weeks. It's going to be amazing. Please bring your notebook and pen to Life Group. Please bring it also next week, Sunday. We have a few extras, but not enough to give everyone a second copy. Is that okay? Write your name in it if you'd like just to make sure no one else uh, takes yours. Amen. Thank you, guys.